So I'm pretty fired up to preach today. So we're going to start a long walk through Luke this morning. So, you know, Luke 1 through 3. Thank you. One more hand for Jeffrey. No, that's enough. That's enough. Okay, that's great. Hey, they're in. Uh, so a long, slow walk through Luke. You know, Luke 1 through 3 is all about Christmas. So we're just, is there anything better than preaching about Christmas? Oh my gosh, it's the best. Okay, so, uh, and speaking of preaching, thank you so much, Sam Bunnell. Man, killed it last week in my absence. Thank you, Sam. So I listened to it on the podcast this week. It was great. So make sure and catch up if you missed last week. So we're spitting Sammy. So um, I love Christmas, most wonderful time of the year. That That is very true. And I love all the things, right? I I love those kinds of songs. I'm, I love the music. I love the food. I love the pre- I've already given Courtney two of her presents. You know, in our whole marriage, I've never made it to Christmas morning before I gave her a presents. Because she's got to see what's inside. I'm so excited about it. Probably more excited than her, but it's all great. But you won't find anybody who loves all the things of Christmas more than me. But what's so special about Christmas is Jesus. The very face of God we get to ponder and think about. He saw us in our sin, and he just couldn't stand it. He saw us broken and without hope, and he had to enter the story. And he had to enter in and save us from our own selves. And so Christmas begins the march toward Good Friday. You know, that's really what we celebrate. We sing of the baby being born, it's so great. But Jesus' arrival means one thing, and that's sacrifice. That he came to be our sacrifice, to stand in our place here because, because of our sins. So anybody here thankful for Jesus today? Come on, man. All right, so, okay, come on, Sam's fired up, all right. So today we're going to look at Mary's song. It's called the Magnificat, okay. It's one of my favorite texts in all of the scriptures. And so up to where we're going to read today, okay, so, uh, an angel, shout out to Gabriel. Okay, so he went to a priest named Zechariah. Zechariah three times. Okay, so he went to Zechariah and said, hey, you and your wife are about to get pregnant, which was super surprising because they were really old. And so Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were excited. They were excited about this baby who would be the forerunner to the Messiah himself, John the Baptist. Shout out to the Baptist, okay? So they said, Zechariah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. You're going to have a baby. And then the same angel Gabriel went to Mary, and he told her, again, Mary and Elizabeth are cousins, and the angel said, he's going to be great. Everybody's going to call him the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him, will give to him the throne of his father David, and he, Jesus, will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary responded with an obvious question. She said, well, how's that going to be? Because I ain't never, you know, I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, God's, and, and then the angel's like, yeah, God's got all that. It's fine. Now go see your cousin Elizabeth, who's also pregnant. And, and Mary was like, what? Elizabeth's pregnant? I had no idea because she hadn't had like an Instagram reveal or anything with a gender reveal. She had done none of that. So these two get together. This is leading up to the song that we're going to look at. These two had this wonderful conversation. And if you think about Elizabeth and Mary sitting there talking, and their wombs are the Messiah and the forerunner to the Messiah himself, and they're talking, having this chat. And then Mary sings this song, Luke 1, 46 to 55. Mary said, or really saying, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, 
and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Luke provides us with the most detailed account of really any of the gospels about Mary and Elizabeth and this whole thing. And none of the other gospel writers even record the Magnificat, like we had that Mary's song that we have here. And I think, and I'm stepping out on a bit of a limb here, but I think it's because Luke interviewed Mary herself. You know, at the beginning of Luke, he writes, hey, I'm, I'm writing this all down to have a, or, an orderly account of all of this, okay? Nothing against the other guys, John, who's in his feelings and all this thing, but I want to make sure, okay, that we have an orderly account of all of this. And so I think, so I want you to read Luke 1 through 3 later this week and see it as that. I think Luke almost approached it as a journalist would, and Mary, toward the end of her life, he and uh, Mary, older Mary, you know, Jesus has already died, risen again, and ascended to the Father, and I think that Luke... And Mary, over a cup of tea, Mary just kind of told him all about it. Hey, so Elizabeth and I got together, and then I sang this song God gave me, et cetera. Okay, so you can read it like that. So one of the things that's clear, okay, Mary, a young Jewish girl in Luke chapter 1, okay, she knew the word. She knew the Bible. She memorized it, meditated on it. She hid God's word in her heart. So all throughout her song, there are these elements from, from the Old Testament. There's psalms in there. There's allusions to the Old Testament, all these kinds of things. And Mary, she's a great example that the more that we hide God's word in our heart, the more that we ingest Scripture, meditate on Scripture, think about Scripture, the more it just kind of comes out as we talk to God. As we consume the Bible, it actually becomes our language as we talk back to God, his own very word. And so there's one thing that I want to say kind of as we get off the ground today. I don't think that we talk about Mary enough. So, you know, no other woman is talked about more in the scriptures. And I think because of the way that Catholics have erroneously love Catholics. They're our friends. They're wonderful. God bless them. Okay. But because they have erroneously elevated Mary to co-mediator with Christ, I think we've kind of stepped back from talking about her enough. It's kind of got us on our heels. And so, you know, Hail Mary is more than just a football play. It's like a prayer, right? And so, to be honest, I think Mary would be the first person to say, stop praying to me. That's not what, so Mary does not make it about her. Look at verse 46 again, okay? Mary said, the, the very beginning of her, of her being the mother of God, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Okay, she doesn't say, jackpot, I did it. Man, all those girls from high school are going to be so jealous. Okay, I am the one. My soul magnifies me. No, she says, my soul, it's all about Jesus. Okay, she starts her song by singing, my soul magnifies Jesus. I magnify, that's what I live for. So I, we placed a magnifying glass in most of your seats. First two rows, I'm so sorry we ran out. But most of so if you pull that magnifying glass out real quick, okay, um, put it up maybe close to your Bible or like something that you can see more closely. Let the magnifying glass magnify, as it were. So what does a magnifying glass do? Yeah, hey, it makes objects bigger. It's easier to see, more noticeable at that point. So, you know, no one focuses on the person holding the magnifying glass. This morning, uh, Ruth Upton, she found a lizard outside. She put it in a little can. She brought it up to me. She goes, look at this. And so if we put a magnifying glass on that lizard, none of us would go, wow, you're really holding that glass well. Steady hold, bro. You're killing it. No, everybody goes, whoa, look at the lizard. He's so tiny. He's crawling around. He's dying to get out. It's fine, okay? we're, We're looking. You focus on what's being magnified, right? Okay, so church, that's what we are for Jesus. We're just magnifying glasses. 
Nobody's like, wow, great, great sermon. No, I'm just talking about Jesus. That's all that we're doing. We're just magnifying glasses, making Jesus bigger. God bless you. In our city, in our world, Mary's saying, my soul magnifies Jesus. We exalt him. We point to him. He's the hero. Okay, so I encourage you to take that with you. And so there's even like a little place on the end you could make it into an ornament. Okay, you can look at it all the time or place it somewhere in your life where you can see that magnifying glass often and think, oh, that's my role. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. I magnify him like Mary did. So, you know, this week I'm doing two weddings. Love doing weddings. Probably it's my favorite thing to do in ministry, okay? So you get to share the gospel. Everybody's nervous, and you get to, like, calm everybody down. And, you know, it's, it's so fun, okay? But if at the reception this week, if everybody's talking about me, I did something wrong. Because, yeah, amen. Because it's not about me. I'm just a magnifying glass. The wedding isn't about the preacher, okay? So in your life... How can you magnify the Lord? What's that look like? How can you make Jesus bigger in the spaces and the places that you'll be this week? In your work, do you, is your work ethic such that you magnify Jesus? Do you bless your neighbors in such a way that Jesus gets bigger on your street, in your apartment building, uh, in, in your school, wherever, the, at the gym where you work out, all these places that you'll be this week, how can you magnify Jesus? That's our entire that's the whole purpose of our living. So today we start the month of blessing. Every December, so it's our second December as a church, so every December we do this, right? We have the month of blessing, and it's all about pointing people to Jesus, right? And I'll talk more in depth about the plan in just a minute, but we believe that if we'll bless people like Jesus did, that if we'll serve people like Jesus did, that, that if we'll just shine a spotlight on Jesus, that they're going to see what we see and that he's awesome that he really is the best, that he really is worth following because he really does love us, that he brings peace, he fills, he heals, he restores, he blesses, and so then we bless. And you know, the great thing is about church work and ministry, we don't have to do anything crazy to, like, win people to Jesus. We don't have to, like, do all these crazy ministries. I won't list because then you'll think I'm talking about people. Okay, but we don't have to do anything nuts. We just have to shine a spotlight on Jesus, and the rest kind of takes care of itself, you know? Uh, let's keep going in verses 47 and 48. Mary's saying, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he's looked on the humble estate of his servant. From now, for behold, from now, for all generations will call me blessed. And so Mary doesn't hear this news that she's going to carry the Messiah, the King of Kings, the, the biggest thing in the history of the world. She doesn't hear this news and go, that makes sense to me. Actually, you know, I think I've kind of earned this. I've really worked hard. And so me carrying the Messiah, it really, that makes sense. So, yeah, put him in there. Let's go. Let's get after it, okay? She accepts this high calling, verse 48, she says, in her humble estate, okay? So this also isn't like a humble brag. You know, Mary's not like, oh, I'm just so blessed. You know, I guess everybody's going to talk about me forever now. I mean, I'm just so, God is so good. No, listen to her tone in verse 49. He's mighty. You see the focus? He's holy. He does the greatness. Okay, so she sings about three attributes of God here in, the, in these verses. He's mighty, he's holy, and then in verse 50, he's merciful. So she sings, holy is his name in verse 49. Uh, Jesus is so transcendentally majestic that even his name is holy. Even the mention of his name is holy. Look at verses 52 to 53 one more time. He, Jesus has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He's exalted the influencers. No, the humble estate. He's filled the hungry, that's who he's concerned about, with good things. The rich, he sent away empty, okay? So notice the upside-down kingdom that Mary envisions for her son, 
Okay, she, she doesn't get this news. She's going to carry the Messiah. And then she goes, uh, he's going to influence the influencers. He's going to build the mightiest army this world's ever seen. He's going to be the richest guy. No, she doesn't do any of that. She sings, he'll exalt the humble. Okay, he'll be concerned with the hungry people and the humble people. That's who he's coming to spend time with. That's what he's coming to do because that's who he is. Okay, he's not trying to prove that's who he is. And so now that's who we are, right? We go after the lowly people. We feel the hungry. We're the hands and feet of Jesus in Fort Worth and around the world. The real joy of following Jesus is actually following Jesus. It's actually a really fun thing to do, to follow in his footsteps, to read about what he did, and now to act in kind, to do exactly what he did. And so you can't read Luke. We'll see this over and over as we go through this book together. You can't read very far in Luke without seeing Jesus bless somebody. You won't go more than a few verses without seeing Jesus bless somebody with a kind word or sticking up for a marginalized person, getting their back, or helping somebody that society has overlooked. He does it all the time. Okay, so, and I've, I've shared this before, but if you read the Gospels, especially Luke, you'll see how often Jesus sees the other, the overlooked, and the obvious. That's really a summary of his ministry, okay, is that he sees an obvious hurting person. Everybody's just kind of walking by a hurting person, and Jesus is like, hey, you're hurting, and it's so obvious. Or somebody that's been overlooked perhaps their whole life and never been loved or welcomed in a way, and Jesus steps into that gap. Or somebody who's been othered. I don't know if you've ever been othered in your life, but he never does that. So Jesus sees people in a way that's just totally world-shifting, and now he has sent you into Fort Worth, Texas, to see people. To welcome people, to notice people, to love people, to slow down and see the person, right? To notice the person in the coffee shop who's probably having a bad day. You can use a kind word. The, to, to dig deep into your bank account so that we could bless people in need, bless them with food and the gospel and Jesus' kindness. And so here's the plan. We're going to kind of get nuts and bolts here just for a minute. Here's the plan for the month of blessing, okay? The cards are in your seats. If you would pull those out, the ones that say month of blessing, those are in every seat, okay? So Mary's saying he's going to fill the hungry with good things. And that's what we want to do all month long, okay, and even past that, okay? So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to, so as we collect money as a group, as a church, we're going to give $2,500 for YMCA sports camps, okay? So one of the things the YMCA says is we never turn a kid away. So this money will, next summer, will fund 100 kids to go to camp that otherwise wouldn't be able to go. So you're going to pay for that, okay? 25 camp scholarships, 100% scholarship. We're going to give, uh, we're going to collect $2,000 for blessing bags for unhoused people. That's, that's how people that don't have a home, okay, that's how you say it now. So, you know, we just see in the text here, Jesus' heart for the hungry, Right, so we're going to buy items, a team led by Riley Riggins. Riley, can you? Hey, Riley. Yeah, so she's actually going to be at the, yeah, clap for Riley. So she, she'll be at the welcome table after this. So if you want to help on this part, Riley's your gal. Okay, so we're going to buy stuff today, actually, and make 20, no, 100 bags that are worth about $20 each. But they're going to be jam-packed. I think we have, we have a list of stuff that's going to be in there. And so uh, if you want to be part of packing those bags or delivering them, she's, we're going to deliver them all over the city for and share the gospel with people who are unhoused. And so so excited about that. And so, in fact, they actually sent me, I, I should have put, it's like a ton of stuff for 20 bucks. I can't believe. So anyway, it's really going to go a long way for each person that we give that to. Uh, we're going to give $3,500 to the Lottie Moon offering. And so um, every December, whether or not you know this, I think, I think we have some pictures for you. So every December, every church in our network collects money to send so that we can send missionaries overseas. So our network of churches, we have 4,000 missionaries overseas right now. 
It's the largest organization, mission organization in the world. They're sharing an un, to unreached peoples. They're, they're sharing, they're doing all kind of things. You can just imagine the amount of ministry that 4,000 missionary families are doing. Okay, so we're going to send this kind of lump sum and be part of that. Uh, very excited about it. And also, the International Mission Board is the name of the organization. So uh, we have several uh, young singles and young couples in the pipeline to go be full-time missionaries with this organization. So we're all in with the IMB. So we're excited to uh, send money and bless people, not just, you know, hunt, fill the hungry with good things here, but fill them with the gospel all over the world. I'm so excited about And so uh, I love this next idea, $1,000 for emergency room busy books. Okay, I don't know if you've been to the emergency room lately with kids, but it's not like the movies where you rush in, they get you right back, and you're healed. It's like you rush there, you fill out paperwork for 30, 45 minutes, you wait six hours, and then they say, okay, okay, and they're great, okay, but that's really what happened. So, Leisha and Whitney currently, you know, they went a few months ago, Whitney Jensen's wife, Leisha's sister, Leisha, okay, so Leisha, so if you want to help with this, Leisha's your gal, okay, I think I've said gal more today than, anyway, okay, so... So we're, they're going to make these busy books to where, you know, typically when you go to the ER, it's not like, okay, uh, let me grab some Cheez-Its and, a la- and, and like a, an iPad. So that, no, okay, you, you go to the ER right then. So we're going to make these busy books so that there's something that the kids can do while they're waiting. And there's going to be invitations to Redemption City on it. Cook's Children's Downtown is the, so, and this will be enough to last for the whole year. So every few months, we'll take more, develop that relationship. So I'm super excited about that. Alicia, great idea on that. Okay. Uh, a couple more, $4,000 for welcome kits for the refugee ministry. Y'all know how much I love this. So last year we gave $50, $75 gift cards to refugee families, which at that time, so that was Walmart gift cards. So a lot of times when refugee families get to the States, it takes two or three days for the government assistance to kick in. So we, we supplied the first few days, you know, they can get something to eat and a pillow to sleep on and make it for a couple of days until the government kicks in. So this is similar. Okay, so we asked the, the organization that Jeff and Kimberly Brooks partner with, that we partner with through them. We go, hey, we don't want to just give you whatever we think is best. What's most helpful to people to welcome into our country, to, to bless people like Jesus would? And so they gave us this idea of welcome kit. So it to be like a whole kit, so like a kitchen kit, $100 worth of stuff where it completes their, enchi- their entire kitchen. They can cook dinner tonight, and they're ready to go, okay? So it's just really, so kitchen kits, bathroom kits, hygiene kits, dining kits, all these things, and so it sets them up with an entire area of their house, and they're ready to go, okay? So if you want to help with that, talk to me, okay? So it's going to be, so we're making, I think it's $40, $100 kits, and really the, the, the organization was telling us that really goes a long way to setting these people up to flourish, and to, to have what they need, okay? So, and by the way, Jeff and Kimberly will be at the welcome table. They serve refu- refugees every single Saturday, and you don't have to go every Saturday, okay? But uh, if you want to help at all, they're the people that you can talk to, even if you want to just, like, learn more. They'll be at the welcome table as well. Okay, two more, and then I'll get back to preaching a little bit, although this feels preachy. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to collect $5,000 for a benevolence fund. If, you're, if you don't have a lot of uh, experience with church, benevolence is a word that we use a lot. And so anyway, so this past year, several now that we have kind of become known in the community as being generous, which I'm very excited about, okay, so um, we, people will call us and go, hey, we, this, this family needs help. Can y'all step in? And every time we say yes, we're never going to say no to that. And so as an example— you know, last year for the month of blessing, we gave all faculty and teachers at Benbrook Elementary School a $25 gift card to Starbucks. That started a really great relationship with that school, and so that the school counselor called us a couple of months ago, and obviously 
for obvious reasons, I can't give you very many details about this, but she called and she goes, hey, there's a mom who she and her child are experiencing abuse in the home and they got to get out. They got somewhere to go next week. And so then y'all, we bought them a hotel room for a week. Okay, and we put them up, and that way they were safe, and that got them to where they needed to be somewhere permanently. Okay, so then we paid somebody's light bill a few months ago, that kind of thing, right? And so we've no, so every time that that kind of thing comes up, we just kind of find it. So now this is going to help us prepare to be generous, if that makes sense. So we're going to put that money into its own account, a fund, and then they'll, you know, not just at my discretion, but there'll be a committee that decides where it goes, and then we'll be prepared so that whenever we get these phone calls, which we're getting more and more because people actually think that we're generous, it's great, then we'll be prepared to be benevolent all over Benbrook and Fort Worth. Okay, last one, $2,000 for teachers and faculty at Basis. As a brand new school, we had given every school uh, all this stuff, and then Basis, it's a, it's a new school they just opened, so now we got to get to. Uh, so we're going to bless their teachers and faculty. We've talked, Courtney and I, we've talked to their PTA, and uh, we're going to bless their teachers and faculty with a big gift, and they're all excited, okay? So that totals $20,000, Okay, and so very excited, very excited about all that God's going to do. So that's my challenge to you this month, all right? So in addition to giving what, we, what you typically give, tithes and offerings to our ongoing ministries, to pray and to think about giving generously and happily. That's how the Bible describes our giving. So Courtney and I have already talked about what we're going to give. We're going to do that online today, which, by the way, you can give online. There's a tab that says Month of Blessing, or there's a QR code we're going to put up here now or later that goes right to where you can give. So you can save that. You can give it now, whatever. You can also write a check and put month of blessing in the memo. Uh, kids, month, uh, a check is, you know what, ask your parents. That's fine. Okay, so online or a check, any, any way counts. So uh, I'm really excited about this, as you can probably tell, to pool our money together to live out what Jesus, is, Jesus embody, which is filling the hungry with good things, right? So we, so we get to be part of what God is doing. The, the other challenge for the month of blessing, okay, as we see, in the text today. So to go out of your way to bless people all month long. Today's December 4th. Okay, so you got 27 days or so left to bless somebody every day. So we're talking relationally there. To go out of your way to think about every single morning before you go out, okay, today I'm going to bless somebody. So whether it's, you know, give your neighbor some flowers, make your, make your neighbor some cookies, uh, leave your Amazon or FedEx guy or lady a snack or a drink, or, you know, something, bless some people at work, buy the person in front of you or behind you's coffee in line, that kind of thing. Uh, so, that, so what can you do on your way as you're going every single day this month to get outside of yourself and bless somebody in Jesus' name, right? So even... As you interact with people in the service industry more this month than probably any month, you know, as they're checking out groceries or as they're serving you coffee or lunch, to really look them in the eye and go, hi, how are you? I think it's kind of lost on me how often uh, people don't treat people in the service industry like actual humans, right? So be the change there. Be the difference. Bless somebody every day this month, and then you can be rude to everybody in January, okay? So the, the heart of the month of blessing is to bless everybody around us, so that we can introduce them to Jesus, and so that we can give Jesus a good name in Fort Worth. That's what we really want to do, because he's great. A lot of times Christians give him a bad name, okay? Myself included, okay, not just them, but myself included. So let's work on giving him a good name here in Fort Worth and around the world. So um, I challenge you to give generously, serve generously, because that's what Jesus did. He gave generously, served generously. One of the most striking verses in the Bible is Mary's response to the angel's news. Okay, he said, Mary, you're about to be pregnant. And she responds, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be. Think of the implications. You know, she, she's going to have to live. Think about what saying yes meant in this context. Bearing the shame of an unwed pregnancy. Incredible social stigma at the time. Okay. The record won't be made right for 30 years or plus after Jesus. You know, the New Testament wasn't written for a few decades after all of this, right? So it wasn't like the angel was like, all right, uh, Mary, here's what's going on. Joseph, here's what's going on. And then he put out like a news bulletin or a tweet for the rest of town. It's like they, she was just seen as unwed. So that, that's what she just, but she said yes to bearing that shame for Jesus. She said yes to raising the son of God. It's hard enough to raise normal kids, right? But she raised the son of God. Okay. Enough pressure. Most of all, though, Mary was saying yes to being the mother of the man who would be sacrificed for all of us. You know, she may not have fully understood uh, all that the cross would bring, but she knew enough to, to not look forward to or to be nervous about or to dread the day that her son would be unjustly put on trial. Okay, so imagine reading Isaiah 53.5, which all good Jews did. A lot of them memorized all of Isaiah. Okay, imagine her reading Isaiah 53.5, that her son would be pierced for our transgressions that he would be crushed for our iniquities, that we're going to be healed, but that's through his wounds, okay? How the meaning must have changed as she started to feel the baby move in her tummy, you know, and she still said yes. And then gradually her yeses streamed together into a lifetime of walking with God. And our life with God is like that, layered yeses, okay? One yes after the other, after the other, after the other, and then a life of God unfolds. <laughs>